Hi, it's really great to have you with us. I'm Rob Porter, my wife Heather and I have the amazing privilege of being the senior pastors at Kingdom Culture Church in Burpengary, Queensland. We have an incredible preaching team and I hope that this message will encourage and bless you as you listen. Why don't you give it up for Jesus? Wow, you're looking good, ladies. You're looking good. Lord, I just pray that tonight, Father, you'd have your way. It's the last night of Confidence Conference, but it's just one moment in the story of our lives. And so we come with open hearts. Lord, we've come from all different backgrounds and all different stories and experiences and you know every detail of every life and every woman and every story. And so right now, God, we surrender our hearts to You. We just offer them to You. Your hands are the safest place for our hearts to be. And we ask that You do a work in us tonight. In Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for having me here and thank you for being an amazing space here at Confidence Conference and and the theme being Gloves Off is just so beautiful. Um, You know, Stacey didn't show photos of her family, but I'm going to. Um, And I'm going to start with a photo of my two latest additions. I've become a dog mum. All right, can we show that photo, please? There. Okay, so this big black smudge is actually a dog. (laughs) And then there's a little one there. And do you know they're the same breed and they're only eight weeks apart? I know, they're going to be this big. And so Onyx is like four months old and he is divine. And Jasper is... Yeah, like two months old, and she's crazy. And um, Onyx is thinking, what on earth have you done to my life? It was really sweet for a little while there, and she's nuts. But um, if we show the next photo, it's my family. I know, aren't they amazing? So the little guy there, that's Jesse, he's eight. Then we've got Judah there, he's just turned 11. Layla, who's here tonight. She's about to turn 14. Maya there is 16 and on her learners. What? And on the end there is my beautiful husband, Sam. And uh, so sorry to put a downer on it straight up. Uh, Sam actually went to heaven in April this year. And um, In February next year, we would have celebrated 20 years. So I'm really dirty with him on that. Because that would have been awesome. And it's my 40th next month. I'm dirty with him on that as well. But, um, you know, it's been quite a journey. It's been quite a journey. And KCC has a really special place in my heart. Can I tell you why? Kingdom Culture Church has such a special place in my heart because 
KCC was the first place I preached after Sam was diagnosed last year outside of my home church. KCC is the first place I've preached outside of my home church after he passed away. And, um, and I just want to thank you, Heather. I feel like I'm definitely not the only person in the room who feels like you've created a space for God to remind us, I'm not done with you. I see you. And um, Heather, you're an oasis. You're an oasis. You have been for me. Here's a woman who will send me a voice memo at 6 a.m. because she's pacing her street and is praying for me. Um, And I know I'm not the only one that you do that for. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you. This place is uh, a place where courage is built. It's a place where God whispers to people, stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. Can we give it up for Heather? Amen. Amen. And so gloves off. Gloves off. What an amazing, amazing story it is to be a part of what God's doing. And this concept of we are in a fight. We've had an amazing 24 hours already learning about the fact that we're in a spiritual fight And that that's not going to change. We've always been in a fight, whether we knew it or not. Now things are heating up. We're becoming more aware of things because of the way the world is and the way it's going. We are in a fight and we will always be in a fight. We're in a supernatural fight. But the fight isn't ours. The fight belongs to the Lord. And that's really hard. It's easy to just say off, you know, off the cuff. It's really hard when you're in a fight to even know what that means. Like I can coin that and just go, the battle belongs to the Lord, but it certainly feels like it belongs to me when I'm going through it. What does that even mean? Gloves off. I want to read you out of Isaiah chapter 30 and 31. Uh, some of you, many of you know that I read the chronological Bible and I just love the prophets now even more than ever because they're in context of what God's saying to a certain time. And I believe we are in the era of the prophets. We're no longer in the time of David where it was biblical morality in culture. We're now in the days of the prophets where people have to stand up and start saying it how it is. And so Isaiah, he says this in chapter 30, verse 1. He starts off really softly. What sorrow awaits you, my rebellious children? (laughs) You make plans that are contrary to mine. You make alliances not directed by my spirit. Thus piling up your sins. Without consulting me, you've gone down to Egypt for help. You have put your trust in Pharaoh's protection. You have tried to hide in his shade. But by trusting Pharaoh, you will be humiliated. And by depending on him, you'll be disgraced. Next chapter, 31 verse 1. What sorrow awaits those who look to Egypt for help, trusting in their horses, chariots and charioteers, 
and depending on the strength of human armies instead of looking to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. My whole message tonight is about trust. It's all about trust. And I've realised that we don't speak enough about trust. Trust is actually faith. Without trust, you can't have faith. You've got nothing without trust. You've got nothing without trust. You must have trust. And so the title of my message is trust. Without it, you've got nothing. There was a day after Sam passed away in April where, um, you know, I had many days where I cried a lot. And I don't call them bad days. They're not bad days. They're just part of the journey. There's not a bad day in God if you're in His hand. It's okay to cry. It's not a bad day. It's not a tragedy that I've been through. Nothing's tragic when you're in the palm of God's hand. It's a part of the journey when you trust Him. But there was this one particular day where I was crying a lot and I reached out for my phone to call my mum. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. My mum is wise. She's godly. She's sound. She prays. And so I reached for the phone to call her and the Holy Spirit said to me, Carolina, you haven't even come to me yet. And so I put my phone down on the coffee table, and I stretched myself out on the lounge room floor. And he ministered to me. And I wasn't even there for long. But I was flooded with peace and perspective and comfort. Now, my mum's awesome, but she can't minister to me the way that the Holy Spirit can. And when I read Isaiah, it was, it's similar What are you doing relying on man's wisdom? Why are you so clever in your own mind, making your own plans? All you need to do is trust me. Trust me. And so I'm just going to bring a few thoughts around what we're supposed to trust in God. And then I'm going to open it up. I'm going to open it up for ministry and just add another layer to what God is doing this weekend for ministry and prayer and breakthrough. But the first thing we need to trust are His ways. We need to trust God's ways. We need to trust His ways. Isaiah 55 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so we need to trust His ways. I want to tell you God's really, really, really smart. He's even smarter than you. You can trust His ways. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We have to trust kingdom principles. Can I tell you something? As a guest speaker, you can say things that the local church pastor can't say. 
you know the two things that have held me through this season are the two things that people war against in the church world? Tithing and spiritual authority. The way that the Lord has provided for us financially is miraculous. But I have tithed since the moment I became a Christian. I pay my tithe before I even buy a coffee out of that pay when it comes in every week. And the Lord says, doesn't he? Do this and I will protect you. And the other thing people war against is spiritual authority. I know because I'm a leader that everyone knows how to do my job better than me. I know because people are quite at liberty to tell me. I know because it's always my fault when something goes wrong in their lives. I know because it's my fault when they want to leave. But I have intentionally from the age of 18 submitted myself to my senior leaders, Mark and Lee Ramsey, and they are not perfect. And there have been many times where I haven't understood. And yet as a spiritual principle, because God's ways are higher than my ways, I've chosen submission to spiritual authority. And can I tell you, their covering in this season has been the greatest blessing. God's ways are higher than our ways. And He doesn't put things in Scripture to be a cosmic wet blanket. He puts things in Scripture because He loves us and because He knows our well-being and how to get there. And so, of course, the devil is going to try to tell you not to tithe and to have an opinion against your senior pastor because he knows down the track, if you've pulled yourself out of that principle, you've got nothing. His ways are higher than our ways. His strategy, not man's strategy, His strategy, not alliances with the world, with Egypt, with Pharaoh. His strategy. And I want to tell you, His strategy usually makes no sense. From experience, God's strategy usually makes no sense. But His ways are not our ways. And we need to trust that. So tonight, my friend, God has a strategy for your situation and you need to trust His ways, not your ways, not man's ways, not Egypt, not Pharaoh, not your friend, not your anybody. Trust His ways. Go back to His principles. And I believe tonight that God is going to speak to some of you specifically about strategy for your situation about your Jericho wall strategy. Can you imagine Joshua? God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? March around the wall seven times. God's going to give you a Jericho wall strategy and it's going to seem ridiculous. But tonight, God is going to give you a strategy and you can trust His ways. You need to trust His provision. When you trust his 
provision, you stop striving. If you're striving, you don't trust God's resource. There is a grace available to all of us that allows us to move through all of our circumstances with ease and without striving. It is possible to turn up when all the odds are against you and not have to force yourself to do it. Not have to be obligated. It is possible to do it in grace. Supernatural enablement because of his provision. He provides grace not just for the forgiveness of sins. He provides grace for us to move through our circumstances with ease and peace. You have to trust his provision. Psalm 20, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Some trust in chariots, but I trust in the Lord. I trust in His resource. And I can tell you, I am today walking in a grace that I've never experienced in my life. I don't know how other than the goodness of God. His provision. His provision. And so tonight, I believe God wants to pour out an anointing of grace on some of you. It's the term that God gave me for you specifically. My sweet friend who is striving in her life. There's an anointing of grace available for you tonight. When we open the altar, I want you to come out, reach out and receive it. Receive it as a gift, the anointing of grace. We need to trust his comeback. He's so smart. He can also fix things way better than you can. He can also make things right way better than you can. If you're in a situation, his comeback is way better than anything you can manipulate, control, organize, structure, roster, regime. Sorry, am I speaking to a room full of women or am I speaking to a room full of women? His comeback. We've got to trust his comeback. Romans 8, 28. For we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He sees more than what I do. He sees the beginning from the end. He knows the parts I don't know. And I am smart, but I'm not as smart as him. And I am discerning, but I still am inside of time and he's outside of time. He knows way more than me. And so if I trust his comeback and I know he's good, then I can rest assured that he's got something for me down the track. The song we've been singing, it's in your nature. It says, you will restore the shame that the years have stolen. He will restore what's been lost. God is not a debtor to any person. He's never at the mercy of your circumstances. He's never intimidated by what's going on in your life. 
He's not embarrassed by what's happened in your past. He doesn't go, oh no, I can't do anything with that now. His comeback, we can trust His comeback. You're now. You're now. Don't think that because you've gone through something or you're hurting that you're done. You have a now in God. And He wants to minister to you tonight if that's you. A comeback to you. It's not tomorrow, it's right now. Step into it right now. You may feel like you're washed up. You may feel like the ship sailed. You may feel like it's too late for you or that you're used and abused and left in the garbage heap of life. I don't know what it is. All of that is a lie from the pit of hell. Trust His comeback and trust it now. Not tomorrow, not when you get fixed up. You know, I used when I first got a cleaner, I used to clean before she came. Anyone else? I'll join the gym after I lose a few. It's not some, just now. It's now. It's right now. Trust his comeback. Trust his goodness. Oh, I can feel that in the room. You don't believe me that he's good. What has happened in your life, my friend, that has stopped you believing in the goodness of God? How has that forked tongue whispered in your ear to that degree that you can sit in the presence of God and block that word, good? I can feel it on you. He is good. He is good. No matter what has happened, no matter what is happening, He is good. He's never stopped being good. He's never stopped being good. He has always turned every pain and misfortune around for his glory. He never leaves anything unfinished. He is generous and kind beyond measure. He proves himself true every time. He's not at the mercy of any circumstance. He loves me more than I deserve. He makes a way through impossible realities. He is the kindest, strongest, most faithful father and king. He is endlessly good. I know all this from experience. And so when one of my experiences opposes the truth I know about him, I just remember the truth I know about him. And he's good. I trust God too much to give up. How can you give up when he's been so good? How can one experience pull you out? He's good. He's never stopped being good. 
And when we don't understand, we trust. Because I know His character, I can trust when I don't understand. Because I know Him, I can trust when I don't understand. Remember when my little guy, Jesse, the youngest, he would have been two or three and he was so chubby. I mean, so chubby. You know, like dinner roll feet. And, and those hands that look like they're swollen. So chubby. And so the poor little guy has three older siblings. And they thought it would be fun to lock him in a cupboard downstairs. And in resistance, he was pushing the door as they were locking him in the room. And his little fingers got caught in the door. And there was this scream. And every mother knows there's a cry and there's a cry. There's a cry that's like, you'll be right, you'll live. And then there's a cry that's like, oh, okay, that's, I need to see what that's all about. And so I went down there and these two fingers were literally flat. Like I'm telling you, those little sausage fingers were flattened at the fingers, like the fingertips where the nails are. And the poor guy, like he, he nursed this hand for weeks. He even slept like this. It was like, I, he couldn't go near it. He was just nursing this little hand. And then it got to a point where the nails were coming off. And, and he still wouldn't let anyone touch it. And, oh, but it was, they were getting caught on everything. And I thought, I've got to intervene. And like, he's only little, two and a half. And so I was like, Jesse, and I sat him on my, on the bench in the ensuite, and I had all my like clippers and, you know, the surgical equipment. <laughs> and he's like, mm. and he's just so cute. And I said, Jess, can you give me your hand? I need to, I need to cut those nails off. And he's like, no. Honestly, he hadn't let anyone touch his hand for weeks. No, no. And I, and I risked everything. I said, Jesse, do you trust me? Could have gone really bad. <laughs> but do you know what he did? He went, Why? Because he did trust me. He did trust me. He knew that ultimately, although it looked scary because I had all the surgical equipment out, I actually know my mum. When you know God, you can trust him. You've got to trust his goodness. Tonight, God is going to restore somebody's hope. I'm going to walk out of here going, oh, he's good. He's good. Hope. Hope. Number five, you have to trust his presence. 
Can I tell you that as messy as life is and the jigsaw puzzle that it is, the pieces fall into place in the presence of God. There is nowhere else that anything makes sense. This world is topsy-turvy, upside down, heartbreaking, inside out. But in the presence of God, everything makes sense. And He doesn't need you to be perfect. He just needs you to be real. And some of us are keeping up appearances. And now God can't minister to the part of you that you're pretending to be. You have to be real. Stop keeping up appearances. I have counseled too many people who've lost everything while they tried to be in the right room next to the right person wearing the right thing. They stood in altars like this. Their worlds were falling apart. And their hearts were not broken. In the How, how can you walk into a presence like this and keep up appearances? Trust the presence of God. Psalm 50. I don't find fault with your acts of worship and the frequent burnt sacrifices you offer. But why would I want your blue ribbon bull and more and more goats from your herds? Every creature of the forest is mine anyway. And the wild mountains, uh, animals on the mountains. I know every mountain bird by name. And the scampering field mice are my friends. If I get hungry, do you think I need to tell you? All of creation and its bounty are mine, but spread for me a banquet of praise. Serve high God a feast of kept promises. And then call for help when you're in trouble and, I will, and, you'll, and I'll help you and you'll honour me. He owns it all anyway. What are you trying to prove? Who are you trying to prove it to? Honestly, trust His presence. Forget the person next to you. Just be real. Psalm 51. Lord, you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in a burnt offering. But the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Pastor Heather was talking this morning about a taste of heaven. It's going to be a whole bunch of women tonight who are going to get a taste of heaven in this room. But what it takes is us letting it go. Just let it go. Sweetheart, your life's a mess. I don't know who you are, but God does, and you do. Give it up. Let go of the act tonight. Maybe your marriage is a complete sham. Maybe your thoughts 
but you can praise the Lord, sister, on a Saturday at conference, but your life's a mess. Just give it up. Trust His presence. Maybe you're struggling in some area of your life. Give up the show. God doesn't want any more show. He just wants a broken and a contrite heart. And when you do that, you will be healed. You will be transformed. You will be strengthened. You will be made whole. And the years that the enemy has stolen will be restored to you in an instant. But let go of the act tonight. What does it matter if a man gains the whole world but loses his soul? Let it go. Trust his presence. Trust his presence. I was just reading this morning. You guys don't have this. Isaiah 40. Jacob, how can you say the Lord doesn't see your troubles? Israel, how can, how can you say that God ignores you? God never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths become weak and tired and young men will fall into exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Why don't you stand to your feet? Take your gloves off. Take your gloves off. The battle belongs to the Lord. Trust. Trust. We're just going to spend some time in worship. And I want to invite you out. Why don't you just close your eyes and hear my invitation. You need a strategy. You need God's ways that are higher than your ways. Come out. You need an anointing of the provision of grace. You're striving. You're striving and you're afraid that God's not going to come through. Come out for the anointing of grace, peace, ease. You need to come back. You believe and you've believed for too long that you're washed up and you're finished with and that for some reason God can't do anything in your life and through your life, you need to trust He's got something for you now. Do not let the enemy take you out with that lie. Come out. Someone here needs to come back and admit again, God is good. Get your hopes up. Oh, I don't want to get my hopes up. Why not? Come out, get your hopes up. Someone here needs to get in the presence of God and let go of appearances. Just come out. I don't care how perfect everyone thinks you are. You and God know the truth and you've got to let it go. Come out as we worship. Come out as we open the presence for God to minister. The team are going to pray. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's message. Our hope is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If not, we'd like to invite you to begin your journey with Him today. 
When we read scripture, we see that sin separates us from God, but that our relationship with God is restored by salvation through Jesus Christ. This happens because God gave Jesus his son to die in our place, to deal with the sin problem, and he rose again so that we can have eternal life with him. If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we can know salvation today. If you're ready to do that and turn from a life of sin, then pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time today, we would love to know and reach out to you and support you. So please contact us at hello at kingdomculturechurch.com.au.